We've got some bourbon news to talk about this week, including a new distillery-brewery combo in Smoketown. That's next on the Access Louisville podcast. Thanks for joining us. My name is David Mann, and joining me today is Michael L. Jones. How are you doing? And Shay Van Hoy. Hey, everybody. Access Louisville is a weekly podcast from Louisville Business First. Each week, we bring you the latest news, along with plenty of sharp opinions about what's going on here in Louisville, Kentucky. Let's start with this uh, development in Smoketown. Michael, you had the scoop on this one, so uh, tell us about what's going on with the... uh, I guess it's going to be first brewery, later distillery, but it's all coming together, you know, right now. Yeah, it's on the uh, Merchant Ice House pro- uh, property. Uh, it's uh, they, There's a tower, and then there was a cold storage facility, so a lot of ice there. And um, uh, James Duffy um, is the developer, and he's going to uh, be doing Ferncliff Distillery, which is named after like the original owner of the property back in the 1870s. But before uh, in in his part of the development, there's also going to be Trellis Brewing Company. Mm-hmm. And so the brewery is a little farther ahead. He said that they're still uh, they're in the financing stage and he's still working on his design. Yeah. And so. financing is a good point. Uh, they're kind of looking for some. I guess not city money, but uh, city-backed um, uh, bond on this. Is that right? Um, yeah, it's uh, um, a industrial revenue bond. Uh, the, the distillery is going to be like a twelve million dollar project, and so he's trying to get ten million from city in the bonds. And mm-hmm. so, as part of that process, he has to sign the community benefits agreement with a smoke town neighborhood that mm-hmm. says like you know how many employees from the neighborhood and 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 you know get, give a benefit to the community which is how i ended up finding out about it so yeah um and this building i mean i used to live near smoke town kind of in the original highlands area and um this building's been vacant a long time. Do you know exactly how long it's been vacant, or is is that just uh, one of those mysteries lost to time? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure uh, how long it's been vacant. Um, uh, Duffy and I actually walked through the building, and you could tell it's been probably decades since anyone had been there. And uh, it was interesting. You could tell that he's a real student of history because there were all these old uh, this equipment and he was telling me what it was used for. Mm-hmm. And like he was saying, they did this in that area and stuff. So he was getting really excited about it. That's cool. Uh, also joining the show now is Haley Coffin uh, doing a, uh, a late injury here. <laughs> a surprise special guest. It's me. <laughs> yes. Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> We call it a walk-on in the business. Um, no, I made that up. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, so the the project's really interesting. And I guess Duffy, um, this isn't his 
normal trade. He, he's more involved in, in like housing, I guess. So he's he's joined uh, Moonshine University to try and learn about distilling. Is that right? Yeah, he um, it uh, owns uh, Beargrass Development, and they do affordable housing. And like I say, he was really in the history. And I think he was researching this building and just got kind of uh, into the idea of restoring it to a distillery. Mm-hmm. And so um, when every time I would talk to him, I have to talk to him after class. And I thought he was going to UofL or something, but, you know, he <laughs> said he was at Moonshine University. <laughs> <laughs> Moonshine University, of course, the place where uh, it provides a lot of uh uh, training for distillers and uh, people who are interested in the uh, beverage business. It's a part of uh, Flavor Man, and uh, it's uh, something that's blown up here in Louisville, bourbon, the heart of the bourbon country here in the last few years. I love that he's being authentic about it. I think a lot of people would be like, yeah, my great-great-granddad um, used to drink bourbon, so I know how to make it now. <laughs> but he's just, uh, he just says, uh, no, I'm learning about it, so... <laughs> yeah, and so it's going to be the project is going to be three uh, phases. So first is going to be the brewery, then the distillery, and then they're going to do the tower. And I think that's going to be kind of a multi-purpose thing. It's a 13-story tower. Right. Yeah, it's pretty tall. I mean, I, it has to be the tallest building in that area of town. Like you can kind of see it from a lot of places. So, but that's um, a perfect location close to the Highlands, right next to downtown. Mm-hmm. He's not that far from the Logan Street Market. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and like stuff's been kind of popping around there lately. I mean, with uh, Paris Town, that's not far away. The original Highlands is not far away. Uh, and uh, like we said, had written Logan about Street. the grocery store, the co-op grocery store mm-hmm. that is going to be in Smoketown too. Yeah. And he's not far from that either. I think it must be one of these, you know, hot neighborhoods that we keep seeing a lot of the old urban neighborhoods uh, really coming back around so are you uh, saying this... where there's smoke town there's fire <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's gonna end up on a headline someday uh, he's been saving that no i just <laughs> like, I, I wish i had earlier i was uh, um where there's smoke town there's fire just in case that got cut off i want to make sure everybody <laughs> caught that uh, that quip sorry um sorry. all right we sometimes when we're talking above each other microsoft will just be like nope that guy's not getting through so that's why <laughs> i yeah uh, i repeated it um all right so does any <laughs> this is just funny there's a lot of ice houses in town and so i just wanted to know if anyone knows how an ice house works I'm going to go to you, Michael, because you seem to know stuff like this. But if not, I have looked it up, if you can't explain it. (laughs) Duffy told me. I told you he was really getting into it. So it's like insulation. They would um, store up ice in the uh, winter, and uh, they would have it insulated with sawdust or whatever. And then when it melted in the summer, they would use it for brewing. Hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. I guess the world before refrigeration, it was a vastly different place. There's um, like a similar thing in the state park near my uh, where I grew up. And instead of ice, like they use the um, they have like a s- small structure built over the stream that came out of the caves. So like the water's like at 52 degrees and they try to would capture that to try to preserve food longer. 
Um, so like, uh, you know, to capture that cold air that's coming off the stream. So something kind of similar to that. It's pretty yeah. cool. Shay, I was uh, saying you're, you're leaving out a key part of that story is that you used to give tours of that cave. <laughs> yeah, well, similar cave, but oh, yeah. Do not, so, not twin caves? Yeah, twin caves is the tour, the boat tour that I used to give tours on in college back when I went to cheap vodka university. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, the do um, it's the the cave that uh, powers the grist mill, it, like kind of goes through Spring Mill Village, um, I think is Upper Hamer or Lower Hamer, but it's a different cave, but they're all kind of interconnected. So, yeah. And the my parents who still live in my hometown just told me that the the big wheel on the grist mill there is is broken and they're repairing it. So now they're having to outsource their their uh, corn uh, the cornmeal that they they mash up. So there's big news in Mitchell, Indiana about the uh, grist mill. So yes, I'll come back to access Mitchell. Um, <laughs> <minutes> anyway, <laughs> all right. Uh, so speaking of distilling, uh, Haley, uh, since you're here, I'll let you take this one. Uh, we had some. Uh, other distilling news this week from Jim Beam. What's it working on? That's that's not in Louisville. That's down uh, down in Nelson County, right? Yeah. So um, Beam Suntory, the parent of Jim Beam, is investing four hundred million dollars um, to expand its Nelson County distillery, um, which is the Booker No Distillery uh, in Boston, Kentucky. So that's going to create like fifty full time jobs, um, which. I mean, 400 million goes a long way, so they must be increasing the capacity fairly significantly. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but there wasn't any details on like square footage or, you know, if they're building warehouses or exactly what the scope of the work is. Um, just that they're getting tax incentives from it from the state. Yeah. I don't think these distilleries create necessarily a ton of jobs. I don't think it takes a lot of people to run a distillery, but... Um, but it's cool to have, you know, in a small in a small town, which that that uh, distillery is located in Boston, Kentucky, a very small town, used to be where people from E Town went to go get liquor because E Town or Hardin County was dry, so Boston was the first town over the line in Nelson County, and that's where people went to to get booze. But um, but uh, yeah, so good news there uh, down in Kentucky for some uh, for some new jobs and uh, new investment from Jim Beam. Uh, I haven't had bookers, or at least if I have, it, I don't remember it. But uh, um, but I think that's one of their higher end brands. Yeah, I've had it at some point. I think maybe I want I got a bottle as part of like a not a raffle, but like. Um, a charity thing where you bid on a basket full of bourbon. Uh, oh, luckily like in auction. Yeah, luckily in bottles, not just a basket with bourbon in it. But uh, <laughs> I think I got it once. It's good. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's uh, one of their higher end ones. So. For those who aren't bourbon aficionados, like I'm not, um, Beam Centauri makes brands like Jim Beam, Maker's Mark, Booker's, um, Knob Creek, just to name a couple of their other brands. In, yeah. in case you weren't familiar with that company, because Beam Centauri isn't based here. They're based in Chicago. Right. And they, they actually, yeah, they have a, a pretty good, like, selection of brands, not just in whiskey, but also vodka and that sort of thing. They're definitely not a uh, not a huge company like uh, Diageo or anything, but they're they're a pretty big player. So especially having Jim Beam. Uh, and then um, and that's got to be, you know, I think the number one bourbon 
probably well i mean yeah bourbon i would say i would say jack daniels is probably bigger as far as american whiskey but uh anyway let's see here we'll switch gears talk about instead of who makes the drinks where you drink the drinks and that is um some news on a bar that just closed in uh on bardstown road and this is kind of an interesting space uh so shay what happened with the um memorably named wiggle room yeah, so they posted earlier this week on Facebook uh, that they were closing. Um, they're going to be open a few more days, like into August. Uh, you know, they're kind of a come celebrate with us and have one last drink. Uh, but they're closing. It's only been open, it's less than a year. Uh, and it's in the top uh, section of what formerly was Hopcat, which Hopcat had that whole building, uh, which was a very large space for a restaurant mm-hmm. bar. Um, there was an upstairs bar and a patio at Hopcat, and that's what Wiggle Room um, took over from some of the owners of the Merryweather, which is a successful restaurant bar in um, Schnitzelberg, and uh, and one of the owner, one of some of the principals in Louisville Vegan Jerky. Uh, but they, uh, yeah, they posted that they were they were closing. Um, so this, you know, and and we reported in December that a new buyer had bought that building. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, if it, it it's like I said, a huge space for one bar. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the rumoring on wiggle room was that it might not have been, you know, uh, something that they were totally happy about closing, um, when, when they decided to shut down. So I hadn't been there. I did go to Hopcat one, one time. And, uh, and then after it closed, I I didn't go back. Has anyone here been there? I haven't. No, uh, I had not been. One reason was, um, because, I didn't know where the door was like because through Hopcat it was upstairs. Yeah. And (laughs) and I went to Hopcat a lot, especially when they opened. I was I was a fan of their the beer selection. Their food was fine. But Mm -hmm. um, and I because I'd previously been to the Hopcat in Broad Ripple in Indianapolis. But to get to the patio and the upstairs bar where Wiggle Room was, you went inside Hopcat and then upstairs. And there's a bathroom. There bathrooms upstairs as well. But because it was separated again, there was a separate entrance, which. Uh, I we were talking about this in the newsroom the other day, and our our reporter Ellie had found the entrance, and she said she went a couple times and really liked it. Uh, she said that you know they charge cover, so there'd be kind of a line out the door and one of those things. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's such a it's such a huge building. And when Hopcat opened, I was like, man, this is crazy. They're you know th- I think this is going to work, and then it quickly became clear that it was too much space because. They had a separate back bar and dining room that they, after a while, closed and remodeled into like a game area. They had like, you know, ski ball and like pop a shot and all that. And then, of course, Hopcat closed during the pandemic. Um, and there's not a, you know, I, you hear this in the Highlands. There's not a lot of parking connected to the building. It shares sort of a lot with Highland Tap Room. So uh, we also have talked in the newsroom about. I don't know if you all have ideas, but you know, a possibility of something like. 1020 where there's a brewery the 1020 in Butchertown and then some restaurants oper- operate in there uh because it seems like it's too big unless we had like a smaller version of like main event or Dave and Buster's in the Highlands um just yeah. a, a restaurant or bar that's awful big yeah yeah you're right I was gonna I was gonna mention that it's just uh, you know there's a lot more uh entertainment type venues now with uh like you said the top golf and uh main event and that sort of thing so 
Uh, I don't know what you could put in the Highlands because it is hard to park a lot of people at a place like that. But, um, well, but I, you know, the Highlands have been getting by for a while. So. <laughs> and Shay, you had mentioned um, Broad Ripple, and that got me thinking uh, about the planned food hall for Paris Town. Like, I think that Hopcat space would be a good food hall um, mm-hmm. with... Um, and I was thinking of like the garage in Indianapolis, um, which I think is not in Broad Ripple. It's like downtown. Um, but like Logan Street Market, there's I think there's parking, a parking lot somewhere around there. Um, but most of the time I go there and like street park. I'm like, that that'd be fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because it's more like fast casual unless like you're staying there for two hours for a full meal. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, but that area is not built up like the Highlands. Like there, every inch of the Highlands almost is some commercial enterprise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I I live in the Highlands, and like I, I and I'll just blanket this across whole. I agree with I agree with folks that are like you're crazy if there's you think there's not enough parking in Louisville. There's so many extraneous surface lots downtown. We've written stories about like how many surface lots there are that could be used for something else, or if it was a you know, you could have a parking garage. Parking garage obviously takes up a smaller footprint than a surface lot because you go mm-hmm. vertical or or down into the ground. Um, that part of the like, and so I I always been like, ah, oh, you're you know nuts if you think there's not enough parking in Louisville. That specific spot is a little weird though because there's not um, like on that side of the street there isn't a ton of street parking behind that's all density with other buildings and houses. So it's it's kind of a weird. It's just a weird thing, but obviously super high traffic because you're at you're at Bardstown and in Grinstead, basically like right. one of the two or three main intersections on Bardstown Road in mm-hmm. the Highlands. But um, yeah, I I think uh, the food kind of I don't know. Uh, there was a one that about I, I just looked up too while we're talking. It's a fifteen thousand square foot building, and Wiggle Room was using four thousand square feet of that space, so twenty five percent of the space roughly. Um, in Houston, there was this downtown um kind of food hall that was like five different restaurants and then a tap room with like 50 taps so that would kind of combine hopcat and that thread it was even in a smaller footprint than hopcat but like and then you know a central seated area that was shared and a little patio that was shared and that's you've got that patio there and if you if you had five or six restaurants with like you know counter service and a, a tap room or a full bar that you could then sit wherever you want or go out on the patio or like Haley said, take it to leave. That would be, that'd pre- be pretty awesome for that spot. We should start a business. There, <laughs> yeah. just do it ourselves. We got the ideas. I just hope we, have- we don't find ourselves in a few years writing this story of like we did with Louisville Gardens. Like, why is <laughs> why does the Hopcat building need a savior? <laughs> Well, it did. I mean, it previously did. It was, you know, sitting vacant forever. It was a drape, what, spindle top draperies at one point, I think. Was it? Mm-hmm. And it, you know, they they poured, um, Hopcat leased it. They didn't own the building, but they, the owners or whoever put a bunch of like millions of dollars to re- renovate yeah, that. And like great building. Like, yeah. When, um, yeah. And they built when, it from the ground up, right? I mean, that's a brand new building. No, I think they redid what was oh, there. Oh, did they? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, Michael, do you remember? I think they they kind of took the shell and redid it, if I, if I remember right. I think so. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought it was so different. I thought that they just knocked that down and built a brand new building. So. No, I think they used the footprint of that drapery place um, and and just made it. It did look really modern, though, you know, yeah. when, when Hopcat had had it. I wonder what they did with all those records on the ceiling. I wonder if they're still there. They had all the <laughs> albums on oh, the ceiling. Oh, was that at Hopcat or Spindletop Drapers? <laughs> at, uh, at Hopcat. And that was. <laughs> I guess I yeah. don't remember that. Yeah, and then out al- and then album covers on the wall and all their lights were like cover um like you know bourbon bottles I think that were which is they had a full bar but definitely known you know they had a hundred what a hundred and thirty taps which is yeah insane one of the best selections in town I would say um, what you should do is uh, knock down the uh, speedway there across the street build a parking garage that solves all the problems and put a bridge between. Uh, uh, that and what used to be the wiggle room, and then people will know how to get in. Yep, exactly. Very Retail on the bottom. <laughs> yeah, that reminded me of the parking garage in Bloomington, Haley, that that um, Scotty's was in, and now Yogi's is in. It has like restaurants, retail on the bottom, and then parking above it. Yet more Indiana references. I don't know how we do it every week. But. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like we live there or something. <laughs> All right. Welcome back, Seth. Access Indiana. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, uh, let's see. I think that was it. I did want to ask Shay about um, the switch gears here. Um, I think we had like a big week this week with uh, 40 under 40, right? Yeah. I can't, can't let the week go without uh, talking about the announcement of our 2022 class of 40 under 40. That's the 27th class. So brings the total, um, I'm not doing this math in my head, Allison did it in her column, uh, 1,080 honorees uh, now total. Um, soon we'll announce our 40 under 40 Hall of Fame with a couple big names in there. Those are people from past classes that are we started mm-hmm. a Hall of Fame uh, 10 years or so or ago or so. Um, really, uh, really interesting list this year. I mean, now that I've, this is the sixth one, I guess I've been part of, um, we, we use external judges, but we kind of pare it down first internally because it would be too much uh too much work to ask judges to do for for uh, only a recognition at the event and in the paper um mm. uh, it's a lot of work they they volunteer for us but um I, I think a lot not a lot more but maybe a little more small business entrepreneurs this year people that own their own company um you know we didn't have uh and like for example there's no one um not not to Humana's fault or anything, but there was, I don't believe anyone in Humana this year. So a couple of our larger companies, I mean, we do have Texas Roadhouse and we have a couple of our large health systems, but um, yeah, it was just a, it's a little more um, scattershot maybe is the word uh, that the judges selected this year, which is cool. You know, uh, you get to learn about some new companies, new people in town. And it's uh, one of my most enjoyable email emails of the, the 40 emails I send out to the winners I get to be the one that to congratulate them. And so that's always a lot of fun because I know I make people's day or week or mm-hmm. or year. So, um, yeah, uh, those uh, honorees are listed online, just their name and title. Uh, we're looking towards September when we get their full profiles and their uh, and their uh, photos and all that. And our theme this year uh, is what what. Um, what makes Louisville special for you? What does Louisville mean to you? So, um, you know, we're asking for, for example, there'll be surprises in the photo shoots uh, about people expressing, you know, in a way what what Louisville means to them. So it should yeah. be a lot of fun. And once again, I will be out of town for the event. It's like I always have about two of the last last years I've had 
vacation. So uh, that kind of stinks, but I planned it a long time ago. Well, that's I think that's our show this week. I uh, want to thank uh, you guys for uh, coming on. Uh, before we go here, we'll uh, go around the room and you guys can share your social media handles where people can find you online. Uh, Michael, I'll start with you on this. Okay, I'm on Twitter at BFBlueMichael and on LinkedIn and Facebook under my name. All right. Uh, Shay, where can people find you? Yeah, uh, on LinkedIn, obviously my name and actually on Twitter, um, my name too, which is at Shay Van Hoy. Um, tweet a lot of stuff from there. Yep. And Haley, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at BFBlueHaley um, and on LinkedIn under my name, Haley Cawthon. And sorry for like the distraction. There's hummingbirds like throwing themselves at my glass window <laughs> right now. Like they're in a oh, they're in an all-out war over hummingbird feeders out there. <laughs> yeah, I could tell something was going on because you kept looking over. All right, and you can find me on Twitter under the name Dman three thousand one or on LinkedIn under my real name David A Man. If you like this podcast, you can find it on popular podcast services such as Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, and Radio Public. Thank you very much, Shay, Michael, and Haley. And thank you guys for listening to us at home. And we will see you next time. Bye.